Thank you for pressing play on an Elevate with Joe episode. This is a podcast that journeys through the realms of self-discovery, personal growth, spirituality, and relationships on a holistic level. If you're on a mission to connect with your truth and your soul, then I hope that these episodes can be a support and a sanctuary for those intricate pathways of your journey. I'm happy you're here. Take a deep breath, open your mind, and let's get into it. Hi, hello, welcome back, welcome into this podcast episode, thank you for being here. As you probably saw from the title, this episode is going to be about the menstrual cycle or the moon cycle, and if you're a man and you've made it this far, then I would encourage you actually to keep listening because I think that this will give you mad insight into your partner or potential partner if you are in a heterosexual relationship, and for women, if your menstrual cycle isn't something that you are intimately connected with, then while I am not the expert... I truly hope that this inspires you to go deeper with it because for me, it has been a multiple year journey, maybe six year journey at least since I really intentionally tried to work with my body as far as going off birth control, balancing my hormones, and now getting even deeper into the nuances of my experience of my cycle, which has been really actually life-changing as far as energy goes, mood, work, productivity, just understanding my experience it has been amazing. So that's what I'm going to share with you here. Some sciencey stuff, first of all, and then some of the nuances and how you can look for that within yourself and within your own experience so that you can kind of optimize your life from that lens and also probably giving yourself a little bit more permission to rest when necessary because that was a big one for me. So let's get right into it. I don't want to spend too much time on the basic information as far as a menstrual menstrual cycle goes, um, but what's important to know is that I am looking at this through a lens of not being on birth control and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I don't know the implications of being on birth control and this information. I think it depends on what type of birth control are you on? Is it the same hormone dose 24-7 or like every day of the month or does it change, etc, etc. However, obviously not being on birth control is the only way to actually be in tune with a natural cycle of your body because if you're on birth control, you are just giving your body fake hormones that are completely manipulating what is happening in your body. And from what I understand, and I don't think this is a scientific term, but a period on birth control is actually more of a withdrawal of the hormones because you stop taking the pill, for example, and it's not actually the body doing its natural thing. So we're talking about the non-birth control experience more or less, but at the same time, I think hormones still fluctuate during your cycle. So it's helpful to know where you are at. And that's all I'm going to say on that. So for the most part, healthy cycle is going to be between 28 and 32 days. Speaking from personal experience, mine actually fluctuates quite a bit. Sometimes I have 28 day cycles. More often I have 32, sometimes 33 day cycles or 34. And I've just come to see that that in itself is a cycle. So I might have four longer ones and then a shorter one. And then again, four longer ones and a shorter one. So as I said, that in itself is in a cycle. One side note I'll say is that travel, airplane travel can affect your cycle. So if you're someone who travels or happens to be a digital nomad like me and is constantly jumping between time zones, then that might be something that you haven't fully acknowledged, like the effect that it can have on your body. But when you are traveling, or even if you're just going on a holiday, just keep that in mind that it might throw you off a little bit. So when we talk about the cycle, day one of our cycle is the day that we bleed. And then around day 12 to 16, depending, because there's so much range of experience, that's when you're going to be ovulating, which is when you are able to get pregnant. It's actually quite a small window. And then you cycle around again to 
be bleeding. So the front half of your period as of your cycle, pardon me, as some people call it, is those first couple weeks from day one of bleeding until ovulation. And then the back half is ovulation to the bleed again. And in general, the front half is when we are going to have more energy because our estrogen is building and building from about day three of the period. So you may have noticed that on the first couple days when you start bleeding, those are either your lowest days or the days before that. And then you notice that you start to feel better because your body has now gone through this release of this buildup of tissue and, and blood and it's done the thing that it wanted to do and your estrogen is actually starting to build up until this day 12 to 14 or 16 phase. So that's when you're going to start to have more, uh, a sense of being more outgoing, probably more creative, more productive, more energy in general for working out and work. And then in the back half, that's when we start to slow down. Our body is now making progesterone. I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> and um, that's when we are in our luteal phase and the PMS phase before we start bleeding again. So with that baseline information, we can see that every single month we are actually experiencing really big shifts in the amount of energy that we have to live <laughs> and to operate. So if you wanted to break it down super simply, you could look at it like in the front half of your cycle, you have more energy, right? So that's when you're actually going full, full tilt with work, you're working out more, doing more high intensity workouts, and you have more energy to be social. In the back half, you just don't have that capacity. Your body is has a totally different chemical makeup running through it that is demanding more carbs, wanting more glucose, demanding more rest, and just generally feeling more internal as well. So if we just take it from that lens, then hopefully that already is something to really consider implementing in your life. But even more than that, what I think is the most valuable is figuring out the nuances of your day-to-day -day or sort of phase-by-phase -phase experience because that's really going to give you a lot of permission to have the experience that you're having. And I know that women are comparing ourselves to a world that's basically built for men. And I don't necessarily say that with a negative connotation. I just say it as true because it is. You've probably already heard that the nine to five Monday to Friday is a patriarchal system built for men and their hormones. So they're able to work nine to five for five days in a row and then rest two days. And that should be enough if they're also properly resting and properly nourished to go back into another five days. For women, it would actually make way more sense for us to work at 100%, let's say, or the equivalent amount for the first two weeks, and then be working at 50% for the next two weeks. Or even if it had to equal the same amount in total, working 40 hours plus, let's say, whatever, I don't think that's a very good example, for the first two weeks, and then half that for the next two weeks. And it doesn't just have to be work hours, it can also be exercise or... Um, Social, socializing as well. And actually, as I'm saying this, I want to say I don't think that men and women's output has to be equal because we're not really made for it to be equal. Okay, I don't want to rant. So the important part is studying your own nuances. And the more that I started to understand this cycle, the more places I realized it was affecting super subtly. So for example, using my voice. I made an Instagram story um, about one or two months ago, I guess, where I talked openly about how I notice when I'm ovulating, when I have this uh, external, more outgoing energy, that's when I feel like making content. That's when I feel like making video or talking on the camera. And then there's basically two weeks a month where I don't feel like that at all. And instead of fighting against that, I have now decided to just totally own it. So not only do I feel more like expressing, I notice that I am more 
succinct in the way that I talk. My voice even sounds nicer. It sounds more soft and warm and welcoming. And there, obviously it's such a sh subtle shift that in the second half of my cycle, sometimes I sound like a little more whiny or something. Like I don't even want to hear my own voice as much. And I know it's probably such a small difference. However, when we are ovulating, there are lots of physical changes. So our hair actually looks better. Our skin looks better. Our face even becomes more symmetrical, which is so mind-blowing to me because in that in that time, we want to, our body wants to reproduce. So our body manipulates in the way to, um, to basically attract a partner in any way that it can, including our voice. So I thought that was really interesting. And now I really try and capitalize on this energy when it's here, because I know that it's probably going to be fading and then I'm going to just feel like doing other things. So that is the voice piece. I also definitely noticed that I just generally have higher, more easygoing moods in the first, the front half of my cycle, which makes me more open. I feel more silly. I feel more willing to connect. I'm more open to having maybe later social nights or meeting new people. And in the second half, for me, as someone who is actually already pretty introverted, that just feels like a hard no unless I really need to rally for a friend's birthday or something, which I'm willing to do. But because I know what's happening and I know what my body is asking me for, I'm so much more willing to honor it. And actually, this is a point that I didn't have in my outline, but I really want to bring in here is that when I started to do the work of studying my body through somatic therapy, which is something that I've trained in extensively and through nervous system regulation work and just through studying my own mind and my own patterns and the subtle clues of my body. I, one, was able to eat way more intuitively, and then, this is going to be a side tangent on the side tangent, I recently was listening to a podcast and she was talking about how in the front half of our period, the first days, um, like up to about ovulation, we don't have as much craving for carbs necessarily because we are, we have this high estrogen and maybe something else going on. So we generally might tend to or have an easier time eating closer to a paleo or keto diet, which is higher in protein and fat. And in the back half, that's when we're going to want more carbs. And that's definitely been very true for me, not just as in craving candy and chocolate a couple days before I bleed, but more specific than that, I find myself reaching more for just vegetables, which are pretty low carb and protein and fat in the first half. And then I immediately want more fruit, more sweet potato or potato or pasta, Actually, I don't really like pasta, but like carbier things <laughs> in the second half. And that's just naturally happening because I've learned to eat intuitively with my body. And now I see where by trusting and doing that, it's actually fully in alignment with how and what my cycle is asking me for. But back to the point of the value of being in tune with my body and also my womb space. This was a physical space within my body that I actually felt quite disconnected from. And it's still a work in progress for sure, but I can feel the sensitivity there. I can feel that my need to slow down is coming from this space within my body that is using a lot of resources and that things are shifting here and I can just feel my body's general need for rest and because I can associate it with something, which is the natural progression of my cycle, I don't get so caught up in the guilt or the frustration 
actually, let's say, first guilt of not being able to work as much. And again, this is something that I'm really ironing out month after month, but a big shift that I've had this year is basically surrendering to those really low PMS luteal days before I bleed. So for me, actually bleeding feels better. The first day, first one or two days, I'm still like a little lethargic maybe, or just, or definitely introverted. And then after that, it's like definitely upward, but the worst days for me are before that. And that is the PMS or pre-menstrual cycle time. And so I usually have only about two days. And I used to be in such resistance to those days because I was annoyed I wasn't being productive. I was annoyed I was in a bad mood. I hated everything about life. I kept trying to push on and do what I wanted to do, but my mind just wanted to not do that at all and basically just rest. And when I was finally able to surrender to that, number one, I can actually start planning for it because I know when it's coming, give or take, and I can just allow myself to rest, which actually makes me more productive on those days. So if I wake up and I'm feeling that pretty gray, like cloud over my head kind of vibe, and I realize what's happening, I just give myself the space. I just ask, okay, what do I want to do? What would feel good? Is it lying down? Is it just going for a walk instead of working? Is it completely reorganizing my to-do list for right now? What would feel easeful? And if I give myself that space, then sure enough, the energy and the willingness to do things that are maybe require a bit more focus or energy comes back really quickly because I honored my body and I honored what I need. So the practice is really to surrender, which is the practice of life, I feel like. So very quickly, if it's helpful, if it's interesting, I want to share a little bit about my birth control journey. And because I've been off birth control for six years now, six years and no pregnancies, by the way, I kind of forget, but it started like going off birth control started because I knew that it was messing with my body. I had hormonal acne all around my chin and jaw area, which is normally indicative indicative of hormone problems if that's where you get pimples and stuff. Um, I sometimes was gaining weight. I was in a way worse mood than I should have been. Like it was just a mess. And so I, I originally jumped around a couple times with different pills, finally went to an IUD, which was just a nightmare. I felt horrible. I was in a terrible mood. And this was through my late teens, basically all of this was happening into the first couple years of my 20s. And during that time, I was also studying nutrition. I was also studying integrative nutrition and holistic nutrition. And my lifestyle has ever since really been moving more and more towards the most natural choices. So of course, birth control started to become really out of alignment with what I wanted for my body. Then I read the book Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton, which puts a lot of things into incredible perspective around birth control. And this is definitely my own opinion, but I think there's a lot of fear-based messaging around getting pregnant if you're off birth control, but the more that I studied what the cycle actually is, how often you can actually get pregnant, and how easy it is to not get pregnant, I started to realize that a lot of that, I think, is just messaging to sell birth control because someone's obviously making money off birth control even if you get it for free they're making money from your government or your health care insurance or whoever's paying for it so it's in someone's best interest for lots of people to be on lots of birth control and I'm not gonna go into all of the messed up things from the book but it's really insane what that medication does to our body And it can really have implications if you're trying to get pregnant. I know some people, it takes years of being off birth control before they're able to conceive because their body has been so 
thrown out of whack. So I'll just leave you with that (laughs) as far as the birth control story goes. If you want to message me on Instagram and ask me any more questions, you definitely can. Final point that I want to make is encouraging you to also share this information with your partner. So if you're a woman, including your partner in on this experience where you're at in your cycle, because otherwise they're probably just there guessing, feeling confused as to why your mood is changing over the course of what seems like a couple days, why your sex drive is changing. So maybe drastically throughout the course of your period. And then they're able to work with you instead of just guessing, you know, because like most men have never even heard this information at all. Most women haven't even heard this information. So if you think your man can't handle it, then maybe that in itself is a conversation, but I'm guessing that he's just going to feel grateful for you for you bringing to him why you think you're having the experience that you're having so that he can be there with you compassionately or even plan stuff for the time you have more energy. I don't know. I don't know what relationship miracles could come out of this, but I know that it would offer an opportunity for deeper connection. Aside from that, I hope that this was enough information to inspire you to get even more connected to the nuances of your cycle in order to just make your life and your experience feel better. And if this podcast was helpful, I would actually love if you just left a little review to tell me that, tell me what felt good and anything else you'd like to hear on the podcast. I know that this is kind of a mishmash of topics, but it's all connected because it's all about us and our emotional body and our physical body and all of that good stuff. So I have no idea what the next episode is going to be, but I trust that it's going to continue to bring you more in tune with yourself and with the truth of who you are. So I'm looking forward to seeing you on that one. Ciao. By the way, my name is Johanna and I am an inner work facilitator trained in life coaching, somatic therapy, internal family systems, and trauma healing. I work with clients as a guide and a mentor to offer support and transformation on your path of healing, personal growth, and cultivating deep self-trust. If you feel a resonance to my teaching, I invite you to fill out the application link below. This is literally a zero pressure commitment exercise and is actually mainly for you to be able to determine if deep inner work is a place that you are ready to dive into. Sending love. Talk soon.